Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Live from the Bloomberg Interactive Workers Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak for Thursday, October 13th, 2022. Coming up this hour. Investors brace for this morning's reading on inflation. The International Energy Agency warns of a global recession. U.S. officials fear their plan to cap Russian oil prices may backfire. And the deadline approaches for the Bank of England to end its emergency bond-buying program. New York's gun law gets a reprieve from a federal appeals court, plus Russia has hit Ukraine's Kiev area by Iranian-made kamikaze drones. I'm Michael Barr. More ahead. I'm John Stashauer in sports. The Braves and Padres won in the National League playoffs. Yankees and Guardians scheduled to play Game 2 tonight. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak. On Bloomberg 1130 New York, Bloomberg 991 Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 1061 Boston, Bloomberg 960 San Francisco, Sirius XM 119, and around the world on BloombergRadio.com and via the Bloomberg Business app. And good morning. I'm Karen Moscow. I'm Nathan Hager. Bloomberg Daybreak brought to you by Interactive Brokers. Interactive Brokers charges margin loan rates from 3.58 to 4.58%. Rates subject to change. Learn more at ibkr.com slash compare. And U.S. stock index futures on the rise this morning. 601 on Wall Street. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P futures up 16 points. Dow futures up 135. And NASDAQ futures up 22. The 10-year Treasury, little change. Yield 3.89%. Yield on the two-year, 4.29%. Nathan. Karen, while we wait for today's inflation report, stocks enter the session at their lowest level since November 2020. The S&P 500's declined for six straight days now. Victoria Green is Chief Investment Officer at G-Squared Private Wealth. The biggest thing an investor can do is don't panic or don't knee-jerk on data. We've seen wild moves off of, of some of these data releases or Fed moves. And, and a lot of times it's a one- or two-day move and comes back to trend. So I would say, like, one day, one week does mar- not a market make. Like, be a little bit patient. G-squared private wealth Victoria Green says she does not expect the Fed to pivot anytime soon. Still, Nathan, the Fed will be watching today's inflation data closely. The Consumer Price Index for September comes out at 8.30 a.m. Wall Street time. And we get a preview from Bloomberg Economics correspondent Michael McKee. Only minor progress on inflation is forecast, with headline CPI rising at a faster rate in September, while core inflation slows, but only to a still strong level. Housing is the biggest problem. Shelter makes up about a third of the overall basket of consumer prices and an even larger share of the core. Overall rents have only started to stabilize. Some categories should see pullbacks, particularly used cars. Retailers are also discounting to clear out inventory ahead of the holidays. But the ultimate message to the Fed will be keep raising interest rates. Michael McKee, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Mike, thanks. Speaking of interest rates, more big hikes are on the way from the Fed unless there's a significant change in the data. That's according to Fed Governor Michelle Bowman. If we do not see signs that inflation is moving down, My view continues to be that sizable increases in the target range for the federal funds rate should remain on the table. 
However, if inflation starts to decline, I believe a slower pace of rate increases would be appropriate. Fed Governor Michelle Bowman's comments suggest she supports another 75 basis point move when officials meet next month. Well, all eyes are on the Fed, Nathan, but starting tomorrow, earnings come back into play, too. Bank of America reports on Monday, and CEO Brian Moynihan is out with optimistic words ahead of the results. He says consumers are in good shape, and his bank only expects a slight recession in the U.S. They have this quarter positive real GDP. Next quarter, just above zero positive, and then three straight quarters of negative. And so, effectively, depending what the MBER does, you know, that's that's a slight recession, but it's shallow. And Brian Moynihan spoke at the Institute of International Finance meeting in Washington. Stay tuned for more from Moynihan on Monday when we speak live with the Bank of America CEO on Bloomberg Radio and Television. Oh, Bank of America only sees a slight recession, Karen. The International Energy Agency is warning about a worldwide contraction. IEA says OPEC's decision to cut oil production threatens to push prices to levels that tip the global economy into a downturn. And checking prices now, NYMEX crudes up three-tenths percent at $87.58 a barrel. Meantime, Nathan, President Biden finds himself walking a tightrope over the world's demand for oil and gas, and that's as the administration considers a price cap on Russian oil. Bloomberg's Amy Morris has a look at the strategy from our 99.1 newsroom in Washington. The idea is to keep enough Russian supplies on the global market to prevent a spike in oil prices. But the move by OPEC Plus to slash production by 2 million barrels a day could undermine the plan. Sources tell Bloomberg that administration officials are worried Russia may retaliate by cutting off supplies. Russia President Putin has said he will not sell oil to any nation that participates in the price cap plan. Still, the U.S. is going ahead with it, seen as the best choice among bad options to curb Russia's oil revenues. In Washington, I'm Amy Morris, Bloomberg Daybreak. Thanks, Amy. On Capitol Hill, the House January 6th Committee is getting ready to present new evidence. Today's hearing will focus on Donald Trump's state of mind the day of the attack at the Capitol. Bloomberg's Ed Baxter has more. This is the last hearing before the midterms, and the committee is endeavoring to reinforce its contention that Donald Trump remains what they are saying is a clear and present danger to democracy. Congresswoman Zoe Lofgren says what they discovered through their work this summer make clear Donald Trump's intentions, what he knew, what he did, what others did. She says there will be no live witnesses, but they will have testimony from new witnesses. In San Francisco, I'm Ed Baxter, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Ed, thanks. In Europe this morning, it's all about the turmoil in financial markets. The deadline is nearing for the Bank of England to end its bond-buying program. And we go to London and get the latest with Bloomberg's Ewan Potts. Good morning, Ewan. Good morning, Nathan and Karen. Investors have been watching this story all week, but tomorrow afternoon, the UK's central bank will finally end its support for the country's bond market. Ahead of that deadline, the government now appears to be at loggerheads with the Bank of England. Asked about any fresh market turmoil, the government's chancellor said that would be a matter for the governor. In London, I'm Ewan Potts, Bloomberg Daybreak. Ewan, thanks. In corporate news this morning, shares of applied materials are down seven-tenths percent. The maker of chip manufacturing equipment is slashing its forecast for the fourth quarter. It says new export regulations will hurt sales to China. And this update is brought to you by BNY Mellon's Pershing. Learn why the world's most sophisticated wealth management and institutional firms rely on Pershing to help them improve profitability, create efficiency, attract talent, and manage risk at Pershing.com. Futures this morning are on the rise. S&P futures up 14 points. Dow futures up 115. NASDAQ futures up 15. Ten-year Treasury, little change. Yield 3.89%. They yield on the two-year 4.29%. Looking at the euro 
at 0.9726 against the dollar. British pound 1.1153. Straight ahead, your latest local headlines, plus a check of sports, and this is Bloomberg. Thanks, Karen. 607 on Wall Street, 63 degrees in Central Park. Still dealing with the accident investigation in Secaucus. Westbound 3 is closed at Harmon Meadow Boulevard. Details coming up in traffic. Michael Barr is here with more on what's going on in New York and around the world. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Nathan. A federal appeals judge put on hold a lower court ruling that struck down many of New York's gun bans in public places as constitutional. The judge granted New York Attorney General Letitia James a temporary order preventing an October 6th decision by U.S. District Judge Glenn Sotheby in Syracuse from going into effect. A three-judge panel of the same appeals court must still decide whether to stay Sotheby's decision for the entire appeal process. Abortion providers in New York are seeing such an influx of pregnant women from other states that they are struggling financially to meet demand. Governor Kathy Hochul says the state is giving more than $13 million to organizations that operate clinics throughout New York. They include hospital-based providers, independent clinics, as well as many who are receiving state assistance for the very first time because the need is that dire. Governor Hochul says the state will protect a woman's right to a safe and legal abortion. Meanwhile, the new poll shows Governor Hochul retaining a lead over her opponent in the gubernatorial race. According to a Marist College poll, Hochul leads her Republican challenger, Congressman Lee Zeldin, by 10 points. It's the narrowest in a New York governor's race in about three decades. New York's health commissioner says monkeypox is no longer the threat to the city that it initially was. Dr. Ashwan Vasan. We have turned a corner that I hope indicates that we now have the upper hand on this outbreak. Meanwhile, Dr. Vassan says as for polio, traces of the disease were found in wastewater samples in the city and across the state. For the fourth day in a row, residents of Kyiv were awakened to the sound of air raid sirens as Russian bombardment of Ukraine's critical infrastructure continues. Authorities say that a village was hit overnight by a so-called kamikaze drone probably supplied by Iran. A Connecticut jury has ordered conspiracy theorist Alex Jones to pay $965 million to the relatives of Sandy Hook Elementary School shooting victims and an FBI agent. They said Jones tormented their lives by promoting the lie that the rampage was a hoax. Robert Parker lost his daughter Emily in the shooting. I couldn't be more proud to stand here and with all of these people. And I really miss my wife and daughters right now. They can't be here with me. Robert Parker's daughter was one of 20 children and six adults killed in the massacre. Global News 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg, Nathan. Thank you, Michael. Almost 6.10 on Wall Street. Time for the Bloomberg Sports Update with John Stashauer. All right, Nathan. A little unusual scheduling in the American League Division Series. Yankees and Guardians with a night off in between the two games at the stadium. Scheduled to resume their series tonight. Rains in the forecast. If they can't play tonight, they'll play tomorrow with Nestor Cortez going against Cleveland's Shane Bieber. Both NLDS are tied to one. Atlanta shut out the Phillies 3-0 behind Kyle Wright. 21-game winner in the regular season. The Padres beat the Dodgers by the same 5-3 score that L.A. won the opener by. Knicks and Nets getting ready to tip off their seasons next week. Knicks lost at Indiana. The Nets won in Milwaukee. Ben Simmons acquired last season, but he never played. He is playing now. 
And while Simmons doesn't score much, last night he had 10 assists, 8 rebounds. Can the Giants keep it going off uh, to a surprising 4-1 and one start? They host Baltimore Sunday as new coach Brian Dayball continues to be impressed by his quarterback, Daniel Jones. And he comes in, he's, he does a great job with the players around him of of leading them, of, of helping them with the offense. And, you know, each week I think you get a little bit more comfortable again. We're five weeks into really live competition, um, so I think you learn a lot about players, not just Daniel, but everybody, um, and he's done he's done a good job for us. Jones led the Giants to that upset win in London over Green Bay, and now the Jets visit Green Bay this Sunday. Aaron Rodgers hurt his thumb in that game with the Giants. They hit him on that last play. He didn't practice. He is going to play Sunday. As rookie Skylar Thompson faced the Jets last week, Tua Tungabaloa remains out in Miami with the concussion. The Dolphins are going to start Thompson against Minnesota. Big game Sunday night, Dallas at Philadelphia, the Cowboys expected to stick with Cooper Rush. He's 4-0. Dak Prescott's still out with a thumb injury. John Stashhammer, Bloomberg Sports. Nathan? Thank you, John. S&P futures are higher by 14 points. Dow futures up 116. NASDAQ futures up 19 points ahead of CPI data. Bloomberg's Michael McKee previews the numbers next. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg 1130 weather, rainy, breezy today with a high near 70 degrees. It'll be mostly sunny, upper 60s tomorrow. Same deal Saturday. Clouds will increase by Sunday with highs still in the upper 60s. Right now, 63 in Central Park. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business App, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. This update is brought to you by Interactive Brokers. Interactive Brokers clients earn interest of up to 2.58% on the idle cash in their brokerage accounts. That's just one of the many reasons clients use Interactive Brokers to trade stocks, options, futures, currencies, bonds, funds, crypto, and more. Visit IBKR.com slash interest rates to learn more. U.S. stock index futures on the rise this morning ahead of key U.S. inflation data that could determine how much further the Federal Reserve's policy tightening cycle will run. And we check the market's every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P futures up about 15 points. Dow futures up 113. NASDAQ futures up 18. The DAX in Germany is up six-tenths of a percent. Ten-year Treasury down 132nd, yield 3.89 percent. The yield on the two-year 4.29 percent. NYMEX crude oil is up tenth of a percent or 10 cents at $87.38 a barrel. COMEX gold up a quarter percent or $4.50 at sixteen eighty-two an ounce. The euro 0.9731 against the dollar. British Pound 1.1159 and the yen 146.81 and Bitcoin down 1% at $18,900. And that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael. Karen, thank you very much. The House Select Committee investigating the January 6th attack on the Capitol will hold its final hearing today. Members are promising substantial new footage and significant witness testimony. Since the last hearing, multiple members of Trump's cabinet have testified behind closed doors. Millions of Social Security recipients will soon learn just how high a boost they'll get in their benefits next year. The increase to be announced today is expected to be the highest in 40 years, maybe up to 9%. In the NHL, the Bruins beat the Capitals 5-2. In baseball's NLDS playoffs, the Braves beat the Phillies 3-zip to even their series at a game apiece. The Padres beat the Dodgers 5-3 to tie their series at 1-1. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg. Nathan. 
Thank you, Michael. We're coming up to 620 on Wall Street, live from the Bloomberg Interactive Brokers Studios. This is Bloomberg Daybreak, and it's brought to you by SEI. Imagine your asset management firm's operational infrastructure as a competitive advantage. Let SEI show you how at SEIC.com slash IMS. Well, we're just about two hours, ten minutes away from the latest reading on inflation. September consumer prices due out at 830 Wall Street time. Ahead of it, we're joined this morning by Bloomberg International Economics and Policy Correspondent Michael McKee. So, Mike, the uh, consensus from the economists we've surveyed calls for a dip in the headline, but a slight increase in the core. Where's that going to leave the Fed? Leaves the Fed where they are today. Uh, we've talked about how the all uh, CPI is all important, but it's not really in the sense that the Fed has pretty much decided they're going to do 75 basis points because they see the tight labor market. They see energy prices with the possibility of going up again after OPEC plus. And so they've pretty much told us that's what they want to do. The real question is, what do they do after that at the December meeting? And that will depend on the trajectory of inflation, particularly core inflation, which, uh, according to the economists we've surveyed, is likely to go up this month at uh, at least a slightly slower pace, but way above where the Fed wants it to be. And, of course, that is the metric that the Fed is focused like a laser on. Where? What? Let's get a little bit deeper into the numbers that we're expecting, though. Where are we expecting to see potential signs that we could have hit peak inflation? Well, energy is going to be a, a big drag on the, the index once again because mm. gasoline prices did go down in September. But the concern is what about the ancillary things that you provide like jet fuel and heating oil? Uh, did those go up or down? And what about natural gas? Uh, the problem is there aren't as many things that could go down, airfares, because the summer travel season is over, and used cars. Uh, but beyond that, uh, a lot of service services are going up in price, uh, and that's what worries the Fed at this point is that there was supposed to be a handoff uh, to services, and services would slow down, but they're not at the moment. Well, how does that play into inflation expectations? We got the Fed minutes yesterday, and that seemed to be a pretty big concern for central bankers. It's been their concern overall. It's their underlying belief that inflation expectations shape future inflation. If you think that inflation is going to keep going up, you're going to ask your boss for a bigger raise. But so far, surveys show inflation expectations are relatively contained. We're waiting until Friday to get the latest University of Michigan survey, but the New York Fed survey came out earlier this week and said that uh, inflation over a one-year period, expectations had dropped over a three-year period. They'd gone up a tenth, so not very much. And market uh, pricing uh, tips uh, at this point, yields are still restrained. There's not a feeling that uh, at least on Wall Street, that the Fed isn't going to get this under control. The only question is how is when. Of course, when it comes to consumer prices, one of the biggest uh, pieces in the basket is housing. Uh, when are we going to start to see the effect of higher interest rates on housing prices that have been so high for quite some time? Unfortunately, that's going to take a while. Uh, the housing component of uh, the CPI has been going up about seven-tenths percent per month for a while, and analysts think that's going to continue into next year because house prices turn over so slowly. Uh, they're only now just beginning to fall with the impact of higher mortgage rates, and it will take a while because you don't buy a house every day uh, for that to get into the CPI. Now, the Fed knows that, 
And while it may lead to slightly higher CPI numbers that worry the public or worry Wall Street, it won't worry the Fed as much as long as they see the trajectory is down. Only about 30 seconds left here, Mike. But are we expecting that the uh, higher than expected producer prices that we saw yesterday to have a read through into this morning's print? They don't have a direct read through. There are middlemen in the way that have their own markups, et cetera. Uh, but it does tell you the trajectory of inflation hasn't changed all that much yet. And yesterday I spoke with a number of economists who said basically all it's telling us is this is going to continue. Yeah, that's been the drumbeat from Fed officials. Thanks, Mike. As always, Bloomberg International Economics and Policy Correspondent Michael McKee, who will be back with us throughout the morning as we await those CPI numbers. He'll be breaking them down for us at 8.30 a.m. Wall Street time. So check back with Bloomberg Radio and Television for complete coverage of the inflation story and its effect on markets. Futures right now are moving higher ahead of CPI. S&P futures are up 16 points. Dow futures up 125. And NASDAQ futures are higher by 23 points. Little change to the 10-year Treasury. The yield there, 3.89%. And you're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. Bloomberg 11.30 weather. Today's going to be the rainy day. We'll get up to 70 degrees. Sunshine returns tomorrow and lasts into the weekend with highs each day in the upper 60s. Right now, 63 degrees in Central Park. Broadcasting live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studio in New York. Bloomberg 1130 to Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 991 to Boston. Bloomberg 1061 to San Francisco. Bloomberg 960 to the country. Sirius XM Channel 119 and around the globe. The Bloomberg Business App and BloombergRadio.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. on Wall Street. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. We are just about three hours away from the open of U.S. trading. Time for the five things that you need to know to start your day. Brought to you by Interactive Brokers. IBKR Event Trader offers a new way to trade futures. Use event contracts to trade your opinion on yes or no questions in key CME futures markets. Learn more at eventtrader.interactivebrokers.com. Up first, U.S. futures are higher ahead of today's inflation report. Stocks enter the session at their lowest level since November of 2020. Economist Hugh Johnson tells us it's unclear if we're nearing a bottom. If we get into a recession in the first and second quarter, which I think we're going to do, that's going to be set up the time at which we're going to start to get better news or news that the recession is going to end and a recovery is going to begin, maybe news that the Federal Reserve is going to take its foot off the brake. And under those conditions, you'll get a turn in the stock market. Economist Hugh Johnson says he anticipates a hard landing and a U.S. recession. That's if the Fed holds to its current rate hike path. Well, Karen, the Fed appears to be sticking to that path, according to Minneapolis President Neil Kashkari. The bar for such a change is very high because we have not yet seen much evidence that the underlying inflation, the services inflation, the wage inflation, the labor market, that that is yet softening. And so I think we're quite a ways away from anything like that. Minneapolis Fed President Neil Kashkari made the comments at a town hall event in Wisconsin. September CPI readings due out at 8.30 a.m. Wall Street. Time stick with Bloomberg Radio and Television for complete coverage all morning. Another recession call now, Nathan. Bank of America CEO Brian Moynihan says his bank expects a shallow contraction in the U.S. The consumers basically have... More money in their accounts by multiples than they did pre-pandemic. They're earning more money. Their credit quality is as high as it's ever been. They have more excess capacity on their borrowing than they've had. The delinquencies are very low. 
Brian Moynihan spoke at the Institute of International Finance meeting in Washington. Stay tuned for more from Moynihan on Monday when we speak live with the Bank of America CEO on Bloomberg Radio and Television. In the meantime, Karen, the International Energy Agency is warning the global economy could enter a recession. That's after OPEC's decision to sharply cut oil production. Checking prices now, NYMEX crude's moving lower now, down a tenth percent at $87.18 a barrel. And in Washington today, Nathan, the White House is considering a price cap on Russian oil, but sources tell Bloomberg administration officials are worried Russia may retaliate by cutting off supplies. Russian President Vladimir Putin has said he won't sell oil to any nation that participates in the price cap plan. And that's the five things that you need to know to start your day, brought to you by Interactive Brokers. Straight ahead, your latest local headlines, plus a check of sports, and this is Bloomberg. Thanks, Karen. 633 on Wall Street, 62 degrees now in Central Park. Got an accident on the southbound Taconic at Route 84. Details coming up in traffic. First, Michael Barr with what else is going on in New York and around the world. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Nathan. A federal appeals court allowed New York to continue enforcing its new gun law as it considers a lower court ruling that would block key provisions. The decision from the second U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals came six days after a federal district judge in Syracuse declared multiple portions of the law unconstitutional and placed a temporary hold on them. Attorney General Letitia James said she was pleased the law would stay in effect. Abortion providers in New York State are seeing an influx of pregnant women from other states. Governor Kathy Hochul says the state is giving more money in order to keep up with financial demand. Today I'm proud to announce... $13.4 million of grants going to abortion providers. 50 50 new organizations, and collectively they operate 127 clinics together. Governor Hochul says the state will protect a woman's right to a safe and legal abortion. A new Marist College poll shows Governor Hochul has a 10-point lead over her Republican challenger, Congressman Lee Zeldin, in the gubernatorial race. The House Select Committee investigating the January 6th attack on the Capitol will hold its final hearing today. Since the last hearing, multiple members of Trump's cabinet have testified behind closed doors, along with Jenny Thomas, the wife of Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas. She told the committee she still believes the election was stolen, but insisted she had nothing to do with the violence on January 6th. Ukraine's capital region has been struck by Iranian-made kamikaze drones. Kiev's regional directors said the strike early today occurred in an area around the capital. Meanwhile, NATO defense ministers are meeting again in Brussels today. They're gathered to discuss more aid to Ukraine as Russia continues its barrage of missiles. NATO Secretary General Jens Stoltenberg. We will stand by Ukraine for as long as it takes. We will step up our support, and in particular we will provide more air defense systems to Ukraine. NATO's Jens Stoltenberg. A Connecticut jury decided that Alex Jones must pay $965 million in damages to families and an FBI agent ravaged by the InfoWars founder's lie that the Sandy Hook Elementary School massacre was a hoax. Global News, 24 hours a day, on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts from more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg. Nathan. Thank you, Michael. Almost 6.36 on Wall Street. John Stanshower has the Bloomberg Sports Update. Nathan, Yankees and Guardians had last night off scheduled to play game two tonight at the stadium. Then have tomorrow off. Yanks, we're going to stick with a three-man rotation in that format. If they can't play tonight due to the expected rain and play game two tomorrow, they would have to go to a 
fourth starter if the series is extended. Yank, Yanks, of course, won the opener. The game two starters, either tonight or tomorrow, Nestor Cortez, Cleveland, Shane Bieber. NLDS, Phillies and Braves sat through a three-hour rain delay at Atlanta and then scoreless until the sixth inning. Atlanta scored three times in the sixth. One, three, nothing. Only seven hits in this game. The Phillies' first loss of the postseason. In L.A., San Diego got home runs from Manny Machado, Jake Cronenworth, Beat the Dodgers 5-3. L.A. hit three solo home runs in the loss. Both these series are now tied at one. Preseason NBA, Knicks lost at Indiana. R.J. Barrett, 21 points. 23 for Kyrie Irving. And a Nets win at Milwaukee. Regular season starts next week. Islanders begin their season tonight. They host Florida. The Devils play game one at Philadelphia. The 1-0 Rangers start a road trip tonight in Minnesota. The Jets Sunday take their two-game winning streak to Green Bay. Facing Aaron Rodgers, Rob Sella, coach of... The clearly improved Jets. I do think we're better than we were a year ago, obviously, but uh, you know it, it, it still comes back to us, and um, you know it's it's exciting just to be able to go out there and play a championship team, uh, which is what which is what they are, championship team, Hall of Fame quarterback. Um, but it, it still comes back to us and, and performed to the best of our ability. Packers last Sunday in London blew that big lead loss to the Giants, who are back home now, going for three wins in a row Sunday, taking on Baltimore. Week six begins tonight with Washington. At Chicago. John Stash, our Bloomberg Sports. Nathan? All right, John, thank you. It is 637 on Wall Street. Time to take a look at stocks. Some of the names moving in the pre-market with Bloomberg Radio and TV Markets. Correspondent Kriti Gupta watching earnings news cross the Bloomberg terminal, including this morning from Delta Airlines. Yeah, a lot of anticipation here, specifically when you're looking at Delta. This is, has everything to do with the business travel rebound. Nathan, DAL is the ticker you want to keep an eye on. Pre-market, it is trading up by 5.2%. And it's that business travel that actually gives you more margins in the airline space. So the idea here being that if Delta is actually able to not only be cash flow positive, but make up for some of the losses that it's been having in the last two years, given that business travel, uh, then you will have actually that perhaps flow into the rest of the sector as well. American Airlines, for example, yesterday came out, or I want to say two days ago, came out with a similar call, not on business travel, but they did say that they were actually doing much, much better uh, when it comes to their forecast. They lifted their own forecast for the end of the year up 2.4%. Looks like American Airlines following in Delta's path this morning. And uh, as far as earnings go, what are you looking at in terms of uh, analyst recommendations this morning, Creedy? Well, there's a lot going on. I want to start off with some of these broadcast companies because, Nathan, to yours and I's much happiness, uh, broadcast is not dead. And, ah, um, excellent. Yeah, it's, it's always good to hear that. CMCA, yes. CSA, excuse me, is the ticker that you want to keep an eye on. These are This is Comcast shares um, and Altice as well. City upgrading the stocks to a buy from a neutral, saying it sees a, quote, silver lining to re recent underperformance for cable companies broadly in their ability to generate annual cash flow media broadly has been, of course, under pressure. Uh, City looks like it's kind of the contrarian take here and saying, well, actually, maybe you should bet on these stocks. So CMCSA for Comcast up about 2.5%, and we'll have to look at Altice as well. ATUS is the ticker there. Those shares up by a whopping 5.7%. As long as people keep hiding the scissors. (laughs) All right, uh, and there's also a new sign of pressure in the chip industry. We've been talking about this, of course, for days. Uh, We absolutely have. So Applied Materials is the one that actually in put out an earnings warning uh, down 1.2% in the pre-market. AMAT is your ticker. And it's it's kind of having a ripple effect across all of the chip stocks. You want to keep an eye on companies like Lamb Research, for example, are LRCX, excuse me, uh, is, is the ticker. Those shares are actually up about four-tenths of 1%, but have significantly paired the gains uh, earlier in the session. So you do want to keep an eye on those chip stocks. It looks like there's a lot of pain when it comes to how they're positioning for the future. Applied Materials was 
uh, following kind of the lead of Intel, which yesterday it said it's actually pausing its hiring. It's going to uh, lay off some of its workers because of mm. PC demand as well. Applied materials, no exception there. Comprehensive, as always, Kriti. Thank you. Bloomberg Radio and TV Markets correspondent Kriti Gupta watching the movers in the pre-market. As for stocks as a whole, they're moving a higher. S&P futures are up 18 points. Dow futures up 137. NASDAQ futures are higher by 30 points. Ten-year Treasury is up 132nd. Yield 3.89%. The yield on the two-year, 4.28. As we inf- uh, await that inflation data now due out in less than two hours. Stay with us. You're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. Bloomberg 11.30 weather, rainy, breezy today with a high near 70 degrees. Sunshine returns tomorrow, stays with us for most of the weekend. We'll have highs tomorrow, Saturday and Sunday in the upper 60s. Currently 63 degrees. Markets, headlines and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business app and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. This update is brought to you by IBKR. Investment advisors switch to interactive brokers for lowest cost global trading and turnkey custody solutions. No ticket charges and no conflicts of your interest at IBKR.com slash RIA. Futures on the rise this morning. Let's go to the first word breaking news desk for today's morning call. And here's Bill Maloney. Bill, good morning. And good morning, Karen. That's right. U.S. futures with a bid right now. Dow futures up 152 points. S&P's gained 20 and NASDAQ futures are higher by 37. The U.S. 10-year yield at 3.9%. Gold is higher by 2. Oil is little changed. And Bitcoin is sinking by 2.9%. Hong Kong fell 1.9% overnight while European markets are trading in the green. And back in the U.S. on the economic front at 830, the consumer price index and initial jobless claims. Regarding earnings this morning, BlackRock EPS beat estimates and Delta is trading higher by 5% after its numbers. And wrapping things up, Colgate Palmolive raised to overweight at JP Morgan, Altice USA raised to buy at Citigroup, and Biogen was raised to buy over at Stiefel. Live from the first of breaking news desk, I'm Bill Maloney. Karen? All right, Bill, thank you to hear live breaking news over your Bloomberg type squawk on your terminal, SQUAWK. Just a little more on BlackRock here now. BlackRock's assets under management, they fell 16% in the third quarter, along with equity and bond markets, as central banks continued raising interest rates to counter surging inflation. The firm oversaw $7.96 trillion as of September 30th. That was the lowest since 2020. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael. Karen, thank you very much. The American public will get an opportunity to learn more about the attack on the U.S. Capitol later today. This is expected to be the final hearing as the House Select Committee investigating January 6th returns for another hearing today, its first since July. The committee is expected to present Secret Service documents subpoenaed following a report that the agency's text messages from the day of the riot were deleted. In the NHL, the Bruins beat the Capitals 5-2. In baseball's NLDS playoffs, the Braves beat the Phillies 3-zip to even their series at a game apiece. The Padres beat the Dodgers 5-3 to tie their series at 1-1. Global News, 24 hours a day, on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg. Karen. 
All right, Michael Barr, thank you. 649 on Wall Street. We turn to news and science and technology now with the Bloomberg NJIT STEM report brought to you by New Jersey Institute of Technology. NJIT makes industry-ready engineers in more than 20 fields. If it's engineering, it's at NJIT. What will you make at NJIT? Learn more at NJIT.edu. And here's what's making news in science, technology, engineering, and math. A new electric car company that brings together two big names in Japanese business, Honda and Sony, officially kicked off today. The electric vehicle from Sony Honda Mobility will go on sale in 2025. In March, Sony Group and Honda agreed to set up the 50-50 joint venture with the idea of bringing together Honda's expertise in autos, mobility, technology, and sales with Sony's imaging, network, sensor, and entertainment expertise. Amazon.com is shutting down a virtual tour feature called Amazon Explore. It's the latest belt-tightening move by the online giant as it adjusts to slowing sales. Amazon launched Explore in 2020, targeting those suffering cabin fever during pandemic lockdowns. Users could pay $7.50 for a 50-minute guided tour of sites such as animal sanctuaries in Costa Rica or $50 for an hour-long virtual stroll through the markets of Venice. And cryptocurrencies may have crashed this year but they remain a digital cash machine for one potent constituency, hackers. According to blockchain specialist Chainalysis, at least $718 million has been stolen so far in October alone, taking the gross tally for the year past $3 billion. And that's the Bloomberg NJIT STEM report. Nathan. Thank you, Karen. We are live from the Bloomberg Interactive Brokers Studios. We're at 651 on Wall Street. Time now to check what's going on in D.C. Some of the top stories in our nation's capital include the January 6th committee to focus on Trump's state of mind and what may be its final public hearing. U.S. officials fearing a cap on Russian oil prices could fail after OPEC's move. And a couple moves from the Biden administration on the immigration front. Let's bring in Bloomberg government congressional reporter Jack Fitzpatrick for more on these stories. Uh, so, Jack, what should we be watching for in this afternoon's uh, possibly final House January 6th committee hearing? Yeah, I, we don't know if it'll be final or exactly when they're going to wrap things up. But today's hearing is going to take a bit of a broader view uh, it's, it's not going to, uh, focus on just one specific time period. Uh, an aide with the committee told reporters that, that some of the information that comes out is going to be pre-January 6th, uh, pre-election, in fact, uh, and, and some will be after January 6th. They are going to focus on former President Donald Trump's role in the events, in the buildup. There will be information on uh, the, the developing understanding on January 6th of the level of violence that occurred. Uh, we don't have all the details yet on, on what they're going to bring out, but we do know that they got thousands of documents from the Secret Service in uh, response to their subpoena of the Secret Service. Uh, so they have a lot of information to work with there. And this is not not going to have a live uh, testimony from anybody who's there in person. This is going to be the multimedia approach where they show video clips of people they've interviewed uh, and, and uh, in other ways bring in information that they've gathered. So this will be more uh, one of those hearings that they've done that's uh, essentially a multimedia presentation rather than a, a live interview. So as you say, we don't know whether this will be the final word from the January 6th committee, but we are less than four weeks away from a midterm election here. We have to be thinking at this point about what kind of impact these hearings have had on voters. Yeah, you know, I when we speak to aides with the committee or, or lawmakers on the committee and, and just watching their hearings, 
It does not strike me that this is a committee that is particularly focused uh, specifically on these midterms. It could have an effect on these midterms. There's been plenty of information that's come out that has not looked good for uh, some Republicans, for the former president, for some congressional Republicans, though people who are not necessarily in swing districts. Uh, but really the focus for the committee seems to be, you know, the question of what happens if a, a president tries to overturn the results of an election uh, and there is violence involved and there's no system of accountability. Their, their focus seems to be a bit more of a long-term response rather than specifically on these midterms. And so I wouldn't want to play up, you know, the, the impact that this hearing specifically or even the, uh, the group of hearings that they're doing or the final report would have, uh, in an election that's going to happen in a month because that does not seem to be their main focus with this. All right, let's turn to this current White House where the focus is on the economy, the war in Ukraine, and its potential impact on global markets. Some very interesting reporting this morning from our colleagues at Bloomberg News about concern building within the White House about the Russian oil price cap plan potentially backfiring. Yes, uh, there's concern uh, essentially that, you know, they don't know how that could drive volatility internationally. Uh, you cannot guarantee that that would lead to a broad lowering of prices. It could lead to a spike in prices. Uh, at this point, it is seen as the best among bad options. Uh, and a lot of the, the concern is about the extent to which the ball is in Russia's court. Um, the, obviously we've heard Vladimir Putin say that Russia would refuse to sell at all to anyone who participates in the price cap scheme. There was still hope that it would work because if a number of countries participate, it would reduce demand, uh, at least at higher levels and broadly reduce revenue, uh, that Russia can take in. Uh, but really considering the global nature and the complexity of, uh, of the availability of oil, there is concern about exactly how effective it will be, uh, the extent to which it drives volatility, uh, and, and how much success they're actually going to be able to have in denying revenue to Russia. In our last minute here, Jack, a couple moves on the immigration front. Tell us more about that. Yeah, for one, uh, there is going to be a, nearly a doubling uh, of the avail availability of non-agricultural H-2B visas. Uh, in addition to the usual 66,000 each year, they're adding almost 65,000, according to the Department of Homeland Security. Uh, that really is aimed at addressing an increase in need for seasonal workers. Uh, and then Venezuela specific, the, the Biden administration is implementing uh, a humanitarian plan to uh, allow Venezuelans fleeing their country into the U.S., uh, it could create a, a new legal pathway. Uh, it, it involves new checkpoints. It says that if people cross the border illegally, they will not be eligible. Uh, but uh, thousands, uh, 24,000 Venezuelans could be uh, eligible for that. So two significant moves in terms of people coming into the U.S. Thanks for this, Jack. Great having you on with us. Bloomberg Government Congressional Reporter Jack Fitzpatrick. You can read more about these stories on Bloomberg.com or on the Bloomberg Terminal. Follow all the latest on Bloomberg Radio in Washington, Bloomberg 99.1 and 105.7 FM HD2. Focus for markets out of Washington this morning. The Consumer Price Index due out at 8.30 Wall Street time, a little more than an hour and a half from now. Ahead of it, markets are moving a bit higher. S&P futures are up 18 points. Dow futures up 140. 
23, and Nasdaq futures are moving higher by 30 points. Ten-year Treasury is up 3.30 seconds. The yield 3.88%, yield on the two-year 4.28. NYMEX crude, little changed up almost a tenth percent at $87.34 a barrel. And COMEX gold is higher by two-tenths percent or $3.50 at $16.81 an ounce. Bloomberg Surveillance is next with Tom Keen, Jonathan Farrow, and Lisa Abramowitz. For Karen Moscow, I'm Nathan Hager, and this is Bloomberg. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.